HTYL August Season 4, Dave's Gonna Talk. One. Hi, everyone. It's HTYL. <laughs> We're here on the internet. And we wanted to say hi before we start our pod. Um, this is the time that we talk about things that we talk about later in the pod, so it's redundant. But we also need to have a little buffer at the front. Um, for, don't, ex- don't explain why. For for for, for, pur- for purposes, for purposes. Um, but this is the time that I can tell you that we have a fantastic sponsor that uh, not only gives us money but gives you free stuff. That sponsor's name is PositiveSpin.com. P O Z I T I V E S P I N dot com. They are a uh, vinyl repository on the internet where you can buy uh, first pressings, uh, new copies of your favorite records, and you can also win the HTWOW album of the month every month. We've been doing this for uh, about six months now, and uh, everyone loves it. Everyone can't get enough of this fantastic contest because all you got to do is go to their website and click on the banner at the top that says HTWOW Album of the Month, and you can uh, see what the album is this month. And if you think it's one that you would like to add to your collection for free, then just give them an email address and uh, you'll be entered into the drawing. Uh, Only people that enter their email address that month are eligible to win. So uh, do yourself a favor and go to Positive Spin and try and win. And also, uh, you know, buy some vinyl. Pump up your collection, bro. Pump up the jams. Pump it up. I don't know if you know this, but uh, vinyl is outselling CDs. People keep saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone buy CDs anymore? I don't think so. When was the last time you bought a CD? It's a weird stat. Anyway, um, so please... Uh, patronize our sponsor and uh, patronize our patron page. How about that? HTWOW is on patreon.com. Uh, you can also get there by clicking on oldwaver.com and going to the premium link. And you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month and get the special After Dark podcast, which is the extra drunk, extra tune filled version of this pod. And uh, it's only for people who subscribe. So it's a very select group and uh, we give you personal shout outs. We treat you as equals. And you'll get this cool like low hum from the air conditioning that we turn on during the. Yeah, we don't sweat as much during that pod because we're all comfortable. We're all just hanging out because we're just friends. So Mm. if you want to be our friend, become a patron. And if you want to be cool, go to positivespin.com. The end. Here's a funny clip from the next podcast. In the future, we're just going to skip all the changing flights and just fly straight into Cleveland and just take a car. It's just easier. Or just, you know, make like a week of it and take take your ride up there. See some sights. Sure. We do want to do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next time. Man, you are a Hall of Fame guy. I know. I love Halls of Fames. You like Halls Halls, halls, halls of, of Fames.
Circulating, circulating New life, new life Operating, generating New life, new life with old waiver he's the high tea part he's toby at toby pipes on twitter i'm the old waiver part at old waiver on twitter my name's dave and we thank you for being here and uh we also thank our beautiful vinyl sponsor positive spin records positive spin.com with the z p-o-z-i-t-i-v-e-s-b-i-n that was a weird way to do it. Oh, you did it. I know. That was a weird way to do it, but I did it. And uh, the reason that I mention them is because that tune that we just jammed out to to kick us off, Depeche Mode, New Life, that's from their very first album. Very first one, Speak and Spell. Mm-hmm. It came out 40 years ago. Wow. Can you believe it? David Gahan still looks good. Yeah. He looked like a little, like a, like a, like he stocked shelves at a Tesco or something in that first video. Yeah. Yeah. They all, they went through a, a couple of weird looks at the very beginning, didn't they? Yeah. They weren't really sure what they wanted to be at mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, but Speak and Spell is our HTL album of the month. And so you can win a 40th anniversary pressing of Speak and Spell from Positive Spin. Just go to positivespin.com, positive with a Z, and uh, look at uh, look for the banner at the top that says HTWOW Album of the Month, and then you just uh, enter your email. I mean, it can be a burner email, as long as you like check it to see if you won. Yeah, and it'll still need to be a some type of email. Right, yeah, it has to be an email that works. Yeah. That you can actually check, but it doesn't have to be your real one. And uh, you could win a copy of Speak and Spell from Positive Spin and your buddies here at HTWOW. So Woo! there you have that. <laughs> you know. And um, on the subject of sponsors, I did visit our beer sponsor, good friend Package. Yay! 1155 PV Avenue in uh, Casa Linda, East Dallas. And uh, our buddy Matt set us up with some delicious brews today. He uh, went in the back and got his private stash. And so the first thing that we are drinking today, because this is a beer swap, (laughs) good grief. We just got started. I know, because this is a beer swap and a song swap. We drink a couple beers and we each play a couple songs and we have a good time. We hope you do too. It's always better if you drink along I find, anyway. Uh, but our first selection is from the Omegong Brewery, the very famous brewery in Cooperstown, New York, where I've been. Omegong! I was there at their tap house. It's pretty awesome. What? 
this was the uh, baseball Hall of Fame trip. Yeah. Uh, do you have a story about that, or do you want to talk no. about why you were at the Baseball Hall of Fame? No, I just it was on the way from point A to point point B. Oh, I see. It was a few years ago when I went to go see um, Birth Family. Remember? Yeah, I can't remember what you thought of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Did you like E? I did like E, and I, I can uh, I can compare and contrast halls of fames. Not yet. Later. Yeah, we'll you can do, do that, that later. later. Okay. Okay, but yes, uh, Omegong Brewery is uh, in Cooperstown. It's um, maybe a uh, five, ten minute drive from downtown where the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame is. And our selection today is what uh, Matt says is their best brew of all time. Three Philosophers. It is... um, It's a strong brew. Can you read that? It's a uh, 9.7. Yes. Can you read the fine little mice type at the very bottom under three philosophers? It says a blend, a blend of, what does that say? It's a really unreadable font. Oh, a blend of quadruple ale and crike ale. Oh, yeah. Okay. With cherries. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Does yeah. any of that make sense? What's a crike ale? Um, it's, Am I, I saying that right? I think so. He mentioned it, and it went right through my brain without sticking. I think it's some kind of German beer. It's like, yeah, you know, bro, it's kind of a crike ale. You know, like a, it's kind of your common crike ale yeah. with a little bit of cherry. Yeah. And you just Barrel nodded. Age cherry. You just totally nodded like, oh, sweet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and all the, all the real beer nerds who are listening... We're like, no, bro, that's not what it's called. Yeah. So email us, uh, htwpod at gmail.com and correct us. What do you think of it? Does it make you go, crikey? <laughs> it's really delicious. I um, I enjoyed everything that I had when I visited their tap house. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it one of those big-ass ones that has, like, a stage and, like, they have bands and party and stuff? Yeah, they have a huge pavilion outside, huge gift shop, um, party rooms, etc. But, yeah, I would agree that this is a fine example of Omegong beer. I don't know. (laughs) Please tell me their commercials go, Omegong. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I don't even know what it means. I don't either. We're probably saying that wrong too. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're Unless not... Matt said it, did hey, Matt say it today? Hey, he did. All right, then it's right. Yeah, but I don't think I pronounce it the way he pronounced it. So oh. I think I'm I'm just wrong all around. But here's the thing: what's that? We we like beer. Mm-hmm. We drink beer, but we're not beer experts. No. Well, what we are music experts. You in particular are a music detective. Yes, and that's it's different from an expert, but the same. Yes. So um, you listen for the music expertise and detection, mm-hmm. and then the the beer thing is just kind of a a bonus. You know, I would say no one really wants to hear someone go on and on about beer. Probably not. So, I mean, let, so let's stop talking. Right I like now. to say that we're we have fun drinking it, and it's good to try new beers. Yes, but we don't need to discuss hops and no, we don't need to discuss flavor profiles 
or uh, IBU or hint of walnut. Mm-hmm. Everything usually has a hint of walnut. Did you know that when people taste wine? That's one of the flavor notes. Well, that's one you can always go to if you want to impress somebody. Mm-hmm. Just say, yeah, and there's a hint of walnut in the back of my throat. Uh, here, I'm, I'm already seeing that uh, I've been corrected by the can. Oh, what? Because it's not German. <laughs> it says, rich and complex, this tour de force is a blend of quadruple ale and authentic Belgian creek. It's oh. malty depth and so, gentle sweetness enhanced by lively carbonation and a touch of cherry. So you'd go creek instead of crike. I don't know. Belgian creek, Belgian crike. Whatever. It's good, though. The perfect beer for leisurely sipping and quiet contemplation. And quiet cracking. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a philosopher, you're going to get lit and contemplate, right? Yeah, it's a 9-2. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it'll help you get your thinking Jeez, on. Jeez, it make you write down a lot of dumb stuff and <laughs> throw it in the trash in the morning. <laughs> okay, um, so that's all the stuff that we need to tell you off the top. But let's get to some music. We're going right to it. We're going right to it. And um, I am playing a, a couple of new things. I think you're playing a couple of new things. My things, it's so new. The bands, while we're talking right now, they're finishing up tracking Okay. right now. and they're So just they told you to hold on and they'll email you? I, I gave them the a master. time frame. I said, hey, you first band. You have this amount of time. Second band, you have a little longer, but we need to wrap it up. Okay. So, you know, they're, it's, we'll see what kind of mix they can throw together after the last uh, tambourine track. Well, I am playing a song from um, an artist that I don't know a whole lot about, but I did play a song off this record on the After Dark maybe three, four months ago. Um, she, God, her that name was a good one. Remember that one? Yeah. Not specifically, Not but really. yeah. yeah. Um, but her name is Molly Birch and she just put out her, uh, fourth full length record. Fourth. She is on, um, the legendary indie label. I mean, I don't know legendary, but very, uh, highly thought of contemporary indie label captured tracks. Where, where that from? Um, Captured Tracks are based in Brooklyn, as mm. you might expect. Yeah, man. Uh, but Molly Birch is actually based in Austin. Really? Yes. Is that why she, is she the one that I said is playing Houston? White yeah. Oak? Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but she just came out with her fourth record. It's called Romantic Images. And uh, I played a song um, on the After Dark called Emotion which uh, featured um, Wild Nothing as a uh, contributor. Wow. But this is just her. Uh, the whole record is really good. I, uh, I quite enjoy it. She's got a, um, like a Kate Bush quality, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, just kind of a really a weird, like dramatic... She, she has that weird aura, kind of, you know, like Kate Bush or like uh, Stevie Nicks, 
like a chanteuse. Does that sound right? A songstress? <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking myself into corners like you I mean, was with beer. You mean like she, at some time in her life, she might cast a spell? Yes. She is probably uh, practiced Wicca. Uh-huh. Um, and... Uh, Molly Birch. And she, she might have um, an altar to um, Billie Holiday in her closet. I don't know. Raymond Burr. Anyway, um, the one that I wanted to play is uh, called Took a Minute. It's a very, uh, it's a varied album. There are um, songs that are a little less immediate, more of a slow burn. A mm-hmm. um, lot of good songs, but I really wanted to play this one because it's just, it's wild. It's really, really wild. And it's, it's a love song, but it's such a bizarre give up love song. And you're a shock jock. I don't know. Yeah, dude, you are. I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll hate it. But we'll listen to it and we'll talk about it in just a minute. This is Molly Birch on HD Wow. Took a minute, but I found you, baby. I'm sure. Took a minute, but I found you, baby. I'm sure. Took a minute, but I found you, baby. I'm sure.
Hot jam, Dave. Mm, how'd that sit? Hot jam! I like that. I really like how she says baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, so that she recorded that in Denver. Do you know the husband and wife duo known as Tennis? Yes. So Elena Moore and Pat Riley, not that Pat Riley, um, they uh, produced and recorded it. Cool. In, I didn't know I that they were from Denver. Yeah, I guess they have a studio there in Denver. And so she went up there and recorded her record with them. Well, that's cool that she knows them. Yeah. I mean, uh, she knows, uh, I guess, Wild Nothing yeah. and Tennis. She, mm-hmm. she gets around. I mean, well, I think, not in that way. Right. I mean, I think Wild Nothing is on Captured Tracks also. Uh, maybe Tennis is as well. Mm. Uh, no, they're on Fat Possum. Do you like Tennis, Dave? I haven't listened to enough to really say. What about the sport? Uh, do I like the sport of tennis? Yes, I do. Um, I have not played it in a long time, but I'm trying to convince my daughter to uh, to pick it up, at least so we can like volley back and forth. I mean, I'm never going to be competitive because uh, my knees will explode mm-hmm. if I try to like run down a, a ball on the baseline but like you're not gonna go pro no i'm definitely not gonna go pro or even um like a club pro i can't even do that it's the sport of kings is it no i, I always forget which one that is i also uh you know i got a wiffle ball not a wiffle ball a um badminton net mm. for the backyard you know uh pickleball seems to really be taken off you ever heard of pickleball dave i know my dad played it before he lost his mobility professionally no just at the uh the old folks complex where they lived the local pickleball jam yeah i for some reason like pickleball bocce ball uh shuffleboard those all seem like old man sports to me I don't know. Pickleball's like you know, it's kind of it's with the wiffle ball. That's what made me think of it when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a little wiffle ball with these little with the in between racket size, and you uh, whack the hell out of it at each other. Really? Yeah, it's a thing. It's okay. like you use the small squares on the tennis court. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And a smaller net, I think. I'm into it. Just saying, if you want to pick up a hobby. Dave, it's huge in Dallas right now. Pickleball. I, I need lots of hobbies because um, mm-hmm. I'm just wasting away. Delta variant. How's your Peloton doing? Is uh, it, it's well, Delta variant has chased me back under the covers, so I I don't leave my bed all day every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Peloton is still unused in the guest room. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know the Peloton doesn't move though. Like, you'll still be in your house. Yeah, I know, but it's just dangerous to go down the hall. It is da- It is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not going outside, it, the Peloton's probably so real that you will catch something. Right, yeah. Like, maybe from the instructor. Yeah. Come uh, on! You can do this! I believe in you. Yeah, some uh, honestly, something's got to change. I really, um, I'll talk about this later. Uh, just my my self loathing is um, it's it's a it's at a fever pitch right now. This goes out to Dave Lane for his hundredth ride. <laughs> Not even right. Is that what they say? Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Uh, so yeah, Molly Birch. Uh, everyone, check it out. Um, 
what I did want to talk about really quick before we get to your next jam, or your first jam, as it were. They're still wrapping it up, so we're giving them a little time. Okay, so uh, on last month's pod, you played new stuff as well, mm-hmm. and you picked a band that was very mysterious that uh, we could never figure out where they were from. Yes. band called Causeway. Uh-huh. They're good. I like them. And so, you know, we posted the pod and per usual, I, you know, do a little social posting. Yeah. And you add them. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I tag, I tag the bands, whatever, just in case they want to retweet it or they want to actually listen and, um, at band and, uh, you know, appreciate the hard work we do to promote them. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of, uh, Hey, what's up? Don't we? Yeah. And so... I would I would consider HTWOW and Causeway as friends at this point. We're total friends because we had an exchange on Twitter. We had exchanges on Instagram. Um, the the singer has followed both of us and the uh, the pod account, and she actually went back and listened to the. Um, the Peel Sessions episode. You're joking. Because I I mentioned to her that we listened to their um, cover of uh, New Order. New Order, yeah. And uh, that we really liked it and that we played a New Order jam on the, the Peel Sessions episode. And she went back and listened to it and she said it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. We are friends. Yeah, we're totally friends. And um, they corrected where they were from. They corrected where they're from. Uh, I'm trying to find it really quick. Um, you just don't. Re- we're such good friends. You can't remember where they're well, from. Well, right I think now. she said that she is in Boise, Idaho, and then the the dude that uh, is the uh, keyboardist instrumentalist is in California, I believe. Mm, California. Mm-hmm. You ever been there, Dave? I have. I can't find it, but anyway, it's on the West Coast. If you go far enough, you'll find it. Yeah. California, it's like on the, it's like the last. And so, yeah, Causeway is because, much like a uh, postal service, mm-hmm. when uh, when that band happened, that was back before like FTP sites where they had to like mail dats back and forth, <laughs> right? And so they named their band Postal Service because they communicated via the postal service. Well, I didn't know that that's what that was. Man, you are just... Such an expert. Um, but yeah, Causeway. I'm a musical detective, and you're a musical know-it-all. <laughs> Mine sounds worse than yours. I know, yours sounds... Yeah, yours sounds bratty, but still good. But she said that they named their project Causeway because of the distance between them. Oh. You know, anyway. That's, that's lovely. Uh Part two of the reason that I bring this up, not just to show off that I'm a a music expert or know-it-all. And everyone friends you and likes you. And that we uh, are such suck-ups that we make friends with bands that we play on our pod. Um, But your theme last month was Italians Do It Better, the label. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see... And I, I saw this because I saw the Causeway post about it, because they're on this, mm-hmm. that 
Italians Do It Better has done a tribute album to Madonna. Really? Did you know? Now you know. I did not know that. Yeah, so Madonna, I guess, has just signed um, a new record deal to re-release all of her classic albums on vinyl for the first time in forever. And so it's not like this isn't an official thing. This is kind of an unofficial thing, you know, because like Metallica is doing that. They're re-releasing the Black album and then they're doing like a covers album with all these people doing Metallica covers like I like Saint how Vincent you said stuff. that I know that I knew that <laughs> that you knew Metallica <laughs> was reissuing the Black Album. Yeah, that did not come across my feed. Um, yeah, so uh, Italians Do It Better did a uh, Madonna tribute album. Um, June, who you played on the pod last month, mm-hmm. does a cover of Papa Don't Preach. Okay. Um, Before you say any more. If you were going to cover a Madonna song, which one would you do? Maybe Borderline. Man, you jumped. You went straight to Borderline like right away. Yeah. I like the early stuff. Back when she's cool. <laughs> Back uh, desperately seeking Susan time. Uh-huh. Man, she looked good in that. Um, I think on the After Dark, you played a band Lucky Star. Or, or sorry, Club International. <laughs> Club International did Lucky Star. Sorry. Okay, good. Uh, your band Orion that you also played on the After Dark, man. They uh, they covered uh, Into the Groove. Those Italians do it better. Needs to send me a check, right? Uh, Causeway did Crazy for You. That's a good one. Uh, another That's band from the uh, the rest uh, the what was, was he it the in the cycling movie? movie or the hockey movie or the see like a wrestler. <laughs> Is he a cyclist or a wrestler? Well, no, I think he did all that because he was doing all that for working out for what he was really doing. <laughs> what know. was he doing? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up. Um, <laughs> Pink Gloves, another band that you played on uh, recent After Darks. Uh-huh. Uh, they did a cover of What It Feels Like for a Girl. <laughs> don't remember that one. Uh, and a band called Bark Bark Disco did Borderline. I almost played Bark Bark Disco. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to play one or two of these on the After Dark just for fun. See how they do. I would do Holiday. You would do Holiday? Can't you see me doing that? Holiday! Celebrate! Yeah, I can totally see you prancing and doing that one. If we took a holiday. Do you know, uh... Oh yeah, Do you know Sally Shapiro? No. She sounds like, uh, important. That's, That's who covered that on the comp. The Italians do it better, comp. Oh. Crazy for You was in Vision Quest. And. Wrestler. Yes. There's no <laughs> way I'm right. Yeah, he, he wants to drop two weight classes. In wrestling? Uh huh. <laughs> I've never seen. I got all that from just the video Madonna video. I've never. Who's in it? Uh, it's um, Matthew Modine oh, is okay. the, the main dude. Yeah, so he he's a wrestler, and he just turned eighteen, and he decided that he needs to do something truly meaningful with his life. So he barks on a mission, or in a Native American term, a vision quest to drop two weight classes to challenge the area's toughest opponent. 
And then he started a band called the Modines. <laughs> yeah, so Vision Quest, wrestler. Check not, it out, not, guys. Not a, not a cyclist, not a hockey player. Our movie of the month from Positive Spin <laughs> Movies. Get the laser disc for free. Vision from Positive Quest. Spin. All right, anyway. All right, what do you have for your first song? Well, you know, you mentioned June. Uh-huh. This is a band called Innerwave. I had to look because sometimes I always say Innerwaves. It's not. It's Innerwave. It's, it's singular. It's singular. It's one wave. It's in between one wave. Uh-huh. And the song is called June, but like the month, not like the other June. June is J-O-O-N. Correct. This is June. It's our birth month. Mm-hmm. Cancer. We're both cancers. So, I know nothing about the band. I was wondering if I've already played them. No. Um, I feel like they would be West Coast. That's just... It, that's what I feel like, but they also could be English. But I should have looked this... I feel like I'm letting people down sometimes. But what, sometimes when things are so new... Like this is? Well, I mean, you can't be a full-time music detective. You have other things going on in your life. Yeah, and this is so new. They might have gotten together this, like, yesterday. And this is the song, even though they've been putting out records for a while. You know? But this song's really new. Is is Interwave the, the pseudonym, the nom de plume of Alexei Volkov? Are you doing I N N inner? Oh no. Not enter. Inner. Like inner caves. Inner wave. Well, my music detective skills <laughs> really <laughs> you suck. You went down the wrong path. Uh, yeah, like so, inner like inner yeah, space so they're not, caverns. They're not they're not in between waves. They're inside a wave. It's gross. And it's two words, by the way. It is two words. Two words if you're looking it up out there in the Google land. Mm-hmm. See, you're having... To, I'm going to cut this out so it'll sound like we're... Pew, 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 right. Like we already had it all pulled up. But um, I just didn't have time. It's been a busy week, Dave. You have a lot going on. But I like the song. I think you're going to like it, too. It says they're all best friends. Really? Mm-hmm. They're a five-piece, and they're all best friends. Then that's really all you need to know. They're from L.A. I knew it! L.A. L.A. That's it. That's also in California. And you said before you would, you probably wouldn't be able to find it. It's on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. It's left of here. Yeah. I mean, you can... If you just took a left... It'd be hard not to find it. Look, there's they have a um, they have a dog in their band photo. Mm-hmm. Look, oh, the dog is wearing sunglasses. Uh, that photo does not look like this song sounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, either I found the wrong band, or they don't look anything like this song sounds. Let me see. Let me see again. That's them. No, they're doing that on purpose. They're being quirky on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're taking a family portrait. Right. 
Yeah, but do you want to hear this song? You'll like it. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. It's brand new. It's called June by Interwave. Oh, not no. interwave. Not inter. <laughs> not we're not entering it. Song on Can the we pod. Just start over. Nope. Here's the pod. I mean, here's the song. <laughs> God dang it! I blame the three philosophers. <laughs> Let's play a song. How are you feeling about that one? That was super chill. It's chill, right? That was good. I felt like I was on inside a wave. Mm-hmm. Not that you were entering it. You were already... Yeah, in. I was inside of it. You were already inside of it. Like the name says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what they did? Yeah, it kind of, in a weird way, it, maybe they're like the L.A. version, since they're all best friends. They're like the L.A. version of... Um, Easy life. Yeah, yeah. Like if the guy kind of had a little rappy thing going on. Right. But um, they're chill. I like it. I enjoyed that. Thanks. I did it for you. And for our millions of listeners and readers across the globe. 
and the universe. You can um, send your appreciation emails and tweets to Toby. To me. Uh, at uh, Toby Pipes on Twitter and htwowpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. It's real hard to find. When you have a cartoon name, you can just name all of your stuff that. Because no one else has it. How are you doing on your um, Emagong? Are you ready for beer too? I'm almost finished, Emagong! Am I overdoing the Omagong thing? No, it's perfect. I'm about to go into the, the good friend cooler. Let me get that out of your way. Let me turn our... Let me go... Are you going to take it into our reverb tank? Uh-huh. Good. That's some cold ones at the bottom. There, some cold ones at the bottom. Bottom. Three, two, two, one. Crikey. I said crikey even though I didn't mean it, and I still said it. Yes, so beer two... Comes to us from Brooklyn Brewery. No sleep till. Get it? Remember that song, Dave? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Keeping it music. Bringing it back to stuff. I don't think we've ever had a Brooklyn Brewery beer on the pod before. It looks like Erasure did the can art. Kind of weird since they are kind of a mega famous craft brewery. But uh, this one's called Brooklyn Pulp Art. It's a hazy IPA, tropically hoppy. Mm. Mm. I'm still finishing my other brew. Should I not do that and start with you? No, you can do whatever you want. No, I want to join the team. I'm a team player. No, it's Playa. <laughs> it's Playa. It's me, Baboni. I love that commercial. Oh, God, I just spilled a little bit. I'm trying to read the can. It's me. Baboni. That's good. I mean, as the hazy IPA goes, it it tastes like it's supposed to. After the other beer, I'm going to have to take a couple of sips because it's... It's a little shock to the system. It's a little... It's, a, it's different. Let's, you know... The can is like... It's a party. Yeah, it's like the Erasure Circus album cover, right? Mm-hmm. I like the pink. Um, what are we doing now? Just partying? Do you want to just... You can just turn off the... Play some checkers. Just turn off the recorder and just, just shut it down. Do-do. No, um, what I wanted to do at this point... Did you pick a Brooklyn beer because that's where a place to bury strangers is from? Uh, yes, Exactly. But I did want to talk about something before I played my next jam, if that's okay. Oh, did I ruin the surprise of who's next? I think everyone will be okay. Everything will be fine. Yeah. I'm not worried about anything. Uh. I'm not worried about anything. So, um, I wanted to, at this point, tell a few tales from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, if what? I may. If Wait I may. a minute. If I may. We've... We're on our second Hall of Fame of the show? Yes. So now we're to the Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, we talked about the Baseball Hall of Fame 
because Omagong is in Cooperstown. We're talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is in Canton, Ohio. Duluth, Miss. Wait, what? Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio is what. That's the a, the birthplace of yeah. professional football. I know, and basketball. I don't know about that. It wasn't. Um, but I had the opportunity, because of my uh, beautiful and talented and well-connected wife, to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame inductions for for 2020 and 2021 they inducted two classes because uh covid because covid canceled last year god remember covid yeah it's coming back don't worry about it oh um so covid's having to come back to her (laughs) yeah and so um broad brush you've been there before well this was her third time my second time and so the last time we went was in, uh, I guess, 2018, mm-hmm. maybe 2017. I can't remember. And it was like uh, like football fantasy camp, right? It was my, as a football fan, it was my football dreams coming true, seeing all the Hall of Famers live in the flesh. You're just hanging out with Michael Urban. Yeah. I mean, you know, at, at that, when we went the last time, uh, Marissa's playing dominoes with uh, Ladanian Tomlinson and Emmett Smith mm-hmm. in the bar. It was just, it was magical. And there's no way that it could live up to that first time. And it didn't. But it was still awesome. It was cowboy heavy. It was cowboy heavy because you had uh, Drew Pearson mm-hmm. and uh, Cliff Harris and Jimmy Johnson. So you had two 70s Cowboys and then the architect of the 90s Cowboys going in. Drew Pearson took way too long to get in. Yeah. He should have been in a while. Ago. Yeah, he was part of the all-decade team in the 70s. Um, He's the Hail Mary. Yeah, Hail Mary. Just before Michael Irvin, he owned all the records. My ball. In the, uh, the Cowboys... Um, franchise record book so yes it was well overdue um and it was really neat that he got to go in the same weekend as cliff harris because they both were uh, small school free agents who uh were discovered by gil brandt and the cowboys back in the early 70s when that was the advantage the cowboys had is that their scouting department they used computers legends yeah so um (laughs) but i wanted to I wanted to at least touch on in this portion of the pod on just some random stories. Uh, maybe after the, my next tune, uh, we can talk a little bit of uh, cowboy specific moments that happened. And then we're picking the games for the yeah, whole and then, season. Then we're picking 17 weeks. So settle in. Um, but what I did, uh, and I really only did this like the first night um, because it was... The first night is the the busiest night. Uh, there's the most going on, and it's the most access to the the gold jackets. You know, the Hall of Famers. When's the game? So the game was Thursday night, but we missed the game. Okay, so you're saying the first night is the night after the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so the because well, I was thinking it would probably be worse for the players playing the game. 
that they're not on the first. You got to do that. You got to get the game over with first, right? Or it's a wreck, right? Yeah. So the the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game of the season, uh, occurs on Thursday night, and we were hoping that we would get there like at halftime and be able to, you know, because they do have a, a an area where, you know, all of the people that you would want to hang out with are hanging out and watch. They're not really watching the game, but they're just hanging out socializing. Mm -hmm. And so we were hoping that we could get there, but we ended up having flight delays and we missed our connecting flight. And so we didn't get in until after midnight on Thursday night. So the first time that we actually hung out and did anything was on Friday. You and Marissa sometimes have travel problems. Yeah. I mean, Y'all get into stuff. Well, this has come up a lot. Is all I'm saying. It's like, well, what we learned is that there are no direct flights from Dallas to Canton, um, so you have to always have a layover, a connection somewhere. Um, if we ever go again, we're just going to fly into Cleveland direct and just take a car from Cleveland because that's what we ended up having to do anyway. Is this private jet? No. Oh. No, but we uh, so our flight out of DFW to uh, we had a layover at Reagan Airport in DC. Mm. That flight was delayed like an hour and a half, and so by the time we got to Reagan, our flight to Canton was already gone, and so we had to get on a later flight to Cleveland, and then we had to take like a hundred and twenty dollar Uber from Cleveland to Canton. Jesus. So, in the future, we're just going to skip all the changing flights and just fly straight into Cleveland and just take a car. It's just easier. Or just, you know, make like a week of it and take take your ride up there. See some sights. Sure. We do want to do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next time. Man, you are a Hall of Fame guy. I know. I love Halls of Fames. You like Halls, 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 halls of, of Fames. fames. So anyway, the, the Friday night is the Gold Jacket Dinner. And really this year, I guess it because of COVID or maybe just because of the number of inductees and the number of people, um, they didn't have a sit down dinner. They mm. had like a kind of a reception with like the buffet line, right? What if in Canton, Ohio, that same weekend, there was a Century 21 convention? Then they would definitely need name tags. Would that be confusing? I think it might be. But the Century 21 convention would probably be at, like, the the Hampton Inn and Suites. Uh-huh. And the Gold Jacket Dinner was at the convention center. I see. But sometimes you have to make a sport coat joke. I, I, believe me, I appreciate that joke, and I scored two points I dug in deep. your column. I dug deep for that one. So the gold jacket dinner is like the reception before the new inductees get their jackets. So at the convention center, they introduce all of the uh, previous inductees that have returned, you know, come back to Canton. And then uh, they bring in all the new inductees and they put their coats on and it's like a big, you know, ceremony thing. Is there any of the uh, players from the, the game the night before, or they go home. No, they're gone. Okay, so they send them back. Okay, 
I was just wondering, because if it was the Cowboys, if they were staying there, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I, I ended up doing is I ended up texting myself. Um, You're doing great, Dave. <laughs> Keep it together. Is that what you said? No. Oh. No, I, I ended up um I ended up texting myself whenever something interesting happened just so I would remember to talk about it on the pod. Okay. And so I have a couple that are, are like non cowboy related. It's okay. Um and then we're international. And then after the next po- uh song I can tell some of the, the cowboy stories. Okay. Um so <laughs> my Worst moment of the weekend, by far. You're going to worst first. Yeah, we're starting. We're starting at the worst. It can only go up from here. Okay, good. So, at the gold jacket reception, everybody's hanging around, and you know, uh, Marissa and I grab some drinks, and we're just kind of surveying the scene. Mm-hmm. And she sees over in the corner, she sees Archie Manning. Mm-hmm. And Peyton Manning, and Peyton's mom, and a couple of Peyton's kids. They're from New Orleans, and they're just they're hanging out. And she was like, "I want to go talk to Peyton's mom." So I said, "Okay." And so we wander over there, and I kind of hang back, you know, because that's my role is I am just riding in her wake. Hey, your trophy husband. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wait for her to. You know, make the introductions, you know, of course. Uh, so my wife, she uh, is the daughter of Ken Stabler. And so so that's her entry to Archie to, to say, you know, introduce herself. And yeah, there's the, the Saints connection. Was that the last team he played for the Saints? Yes. Yeah, I think it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he retired in 84. Yeah. Uh, Kenny did. And so, uh, so that's her kind of introduction and then she gets introduced to uh archie's wife and then to peyton and so then i get introduced like this is my husband dave and then so marissa is talking to the parents talking to archie and and his wife it's a hell of a handshake dave and so i'm left there standing next to peyton who is remarkably tall yeah He's six five, so I don't often find myself looking up at people, but I was looking up at him, and he initially could not be bothered with me, but I attempted to make conversation, and so my first overture was, uh, so what are the chances of you joining the Monday Night Football crew and making that watchable? Okay, that's not bad. That's it's not, not bad, bad, right? That's not a bad jump in. E- even though you're, it seems like you're kind of like you're a reporter trying to get some info, but I get it. Right. But uh, but but I'm also trying to say, hey, Monday Night Football kind of sucks and you would make it awesome, is what I was trying to convey with that question. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not worthy. And kind of looked away. So... Did Dave give up at that point? No. <laughs> no, he didn't. I want to tell you where where I would have gone. Okay, where and, where would you have gone? No, I mean, after your... I, I, I want to tell you how I would have jumped into this convo. Okay. And then, so, my next 
attempt at conversation was, so how did that show you did with your brother go? The game show? The game show that he did with Cooper. It's still on. Right. Yeah. Never watched it. It's okay. Like if if he asked me details about it, I couldn't have said a word because I didn't ever watch a second of it. No, it's not that bad. It's okay. And his reply was, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> so at that point... So he knows no one watched it. At that point, I did the, the Homer Simpson back into mm-hmm. the shrubbery and just uh, made myself invisible once again. Meanwhile, Marissa is talking to Peyton's mom and getting invited to their house in New Orleans. Yeah. Like they just downsized... She was telling Marissa that they just sold the house that Peyton and Eli and Cooper grew up in. Yeah, the one with the fence out front, the little iron gate thing. Right. Yeah. They just sold their house and they bought a condo like... Uh, Don't say near, where it is. Well, Don't near the say. quarter. Okay. You know, in downtown New Orleans. And uh, yeah, Marissa got herself invited. Obviously, mm. I'm not invited. <laughs> I would have had a much cooler segue in. I would have. Been, you want to know where? Yeah. I, so where what, I would how would you? How would you have won over Peyton? This is what I would have done. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Hey man, I gotta ask you a question. Maybe like what? What's up? But he'd have to lean down a little bit to talk to me, and I'd go. I lived in Baton Rouge for a while, and I was in New Orleans all the time. Do you get, did you guys really go to Dom Lisa's Pub Boys all the time, or they just had y'all's pictures up everywhere? Because it's the local, and, uh-huh. I, and I knew that they went there right. all the time because the lady told me. And then he'd be like, man, yeah, I go there. And I'm like, it's the best, isn't it? And then we'd kick it off from there. That would be better. See what I did? But but he was he was definitely in a mood, like not wanting to talk to anybody who wasn't already famous known to him who wasn't famous uh-huh and so unless you said hey i'm toby pipes of <laughs> multi-platinum artist deep blue something I'm not too sure he would know what that is you think he would i i don't know he's probably a, he's probably song. a pop culture idiot so he probably wouldn't know um but you would have a better chance with the po'boy question than right? either of my questions i would i would i, I was gonna go local new orleans on him that's what I would have done. Okay, so the other <laughs> the other things that I have texted myself. Um, I mean, we can space this out. Oh, you're wearing your Hall of Fame shirt right now. I know. I am. Golly, man. You know how to get a theme going, Dave. I am. I'm doing the theme. Um, would you rather hear... <laughs> I know what you would rather hear. Would you rather hear the Morton Anderson, um, Ken Stabler story? Or would you rather hear the Jim McMahon shit story? Mm, I really want to hear both. I'm well, not, what, no what, kidding. We'll we'll do the other one later. All right. Well, let's hear the shit story now, and then we'll get to the because uh, I want to hear the Morton Anderson's weird. I want okay. To hear that. Yeah. So, so Jim McMahon is not in the Hall of Fame. Was not inducted in the Hall of Fame, but he was there because he uh, was in the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, because he was in the Super Bowl shuffle, and uh, because uh, one of his offensive linemen. Uh, Jimbo Fisher? No, he's the coach for the Aggies. Hold on. The Refrigerator Perry? Do you remember him? Jim Covert. Yeah. Okay. So, 
McMahon was there to support one of his offensive linemen, Jim Covert, mm. from that 85 Super Bowl Bears team. And so, um, so he was on the bus coming back from the gold jacket dinner and the gold jacket ceremony because they ferry everybody back and forth on charter buses from like the civic center to the hotel ferry. And so we're sitting on the bus and he, you know, I'm, I'm sitting against the window. Marissa's sitting on the aisle. And then Jim McMahon is sitting directly across the aisle from Marissa. And then his wife is sitting next to him. Did he have on those derpy shades? Yeah. But I think he has You're like a joke in me. I think he has like an eye thing. I don't know if he was. No, I don't think he was wearing shades. I don't think he was. You know the. Ones but he does I'm have. He, but he does have an eye thing. The ones that look like they were in Back to the Future. Yeah. No, he wasn't wearing those. Oh. Um. And so, you know, it just we're sitting towards the back of the bus, and we're on our way back to the hotel, and it just becomes like story time. People swapping stories, whatever. And hey, remember that time I won the Super Bowl? Yeah. And so he, Jim McMahon, starts talking about, uh, the time that he his first game ever uh-huh. as a member of the San Diego Chargers. Did you remember that he finished his career with the Chargers? I did not remember that. Yeah, so um, actually he didn't know he did. He played for a lot of teams. So uh, McMahon played for the Bears uh, from 82 to 88. Wasn't he on the Vikings at some point? Yeah, so yeah. then he after the Bears, he went to the Chargers for a year. Then the Eagles for two years, then the Vikings for a year, then the Cardinals for a year, and then uh, finished with the Packers, ninety-five and ninety-six. Man, I don't remember the Cardinals at all. Yeah, that's. I don't funny. think he ever saw the field, but he okay. was he was a member of the Cardinals in ninety-four. Anyway, so he leaves the Bears in eighty-eight. He goes to the Chargers for the eighty-nine season, and so he's telling the story about. Uh, the first regular season game of uh, his one-year career with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> That's when they were still in San Diego. Dave. Yes, they were still in San Diego. And so there's the opening kickoff, and his starting center is part of the kickoff receiving team. So That's weird. Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, He's probably one of the wedge guys up front, right? Mm, okay. So, opening kickoff, uh, you know, probably a touchback, whatever. Um, so, he goes out to the huddle, and he goes into the huddle, and his center pulls him aside and says, Hey, um, I shit myself on the opening kickoff. So whatever happened, like as soon as he made contact with the kickoff coverage team, as soon as he like set up to block, he shit himself. Yes. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. I'm sure it does. And so, (laughs) so Jim says he looks at the dude and then he looks at the back of his pants and just sees the the streaks going down the back of his legs and immediately bangs a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes over to the sideline and Dan Hennig, I guess was the first year head coach. So okay. first year head coach, first year quarterback. Right. And first play of the, the season. 
and calls the quick time out, walks over there, and he's like, what What are you doing? And he said, man, homeboy just shit his pants. He's like, I'm not sticking my hand in there. Uh-huh. You don't have the shotgun in this offense. Yeah, I was about to say, call a shotgun. Yeah, he and was then- like, we didn't have the shotgun in our offense, so I was going to have to stick my hands in there. I was like, you need to get this guy a new pair of pants during this timeout, yeah. or it's not happening. Too sweet. Yeah, so they they uh, took the center and they made like the the circle of towels, and uh, they they wiped them down. They didn't. He didn't go to the locker room. I don't. I, I'm again. It's fuzzy. I didn't catch the whole story. Uh huh. I don't know if at some point they changed pants. I did ask if they were wearing white. Were they? <laughs> I don't think so. I think oh. they were wearing the dark pants. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, he said that his hands stank the whole game. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the only time that's happened. But, oh, I can guarantee you that's happened before. But the fact that it was his first game with a new team, with a new head coach, and just had to call timeout right out of the gate. That's amazing. I thought that was pretty funny. That is super funny. Man, that's why we're the best sports podcast on the internet. Okay, so I have, uh, I do have the Morton Anderson story and uh, a couple of Cowboys notes to get to later. But let's go ahead and play the next jam. Um, the next jam, as you mentioned, fantastic segue that unfortunately was too long ago. But I'm going to bring it back that Brooklyn Brewery is the beer we're drinking now, and the band that I'm playing is from Brooklyn. That's it. Uh up by on the east coast like by new yeah that's, by new york that's to the right to that's all the way to the right okay so we're going both coasts yeah we are coast to coast and worldwide um so a place to bury strangers is um they're noisy i think we've played them on the pod before Let me, i think it's come up uh, no i don't think Maybe we've played them on the After Dark. I don't think we've played them on the Proper Pod. You know, we have friends of friends that know them. Nolan, I'm guessing. Yeah, Nolan's friends of friends. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, they put out uh, an EP this summer. Uh, The EP is called Hologram. And it has been extremely well received. People are loving it. Who are these people? Um, music critics like Good Morning America can't yes, get enough good, of it. Yeah, Good Morning America, like Huda, mm-hmm. loves a place to bury strangers. Stephanopoulos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think I swear I've seen them at Granada. Okay. No, we did. No, that wasn't them. Wait, w- was it not them? I'm pretty sure I saw them at Granada at some point. Ah. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of someone different. Um, but they are extremely noisy. Um, but before this uh, most recent EP, uh, the main dude, Oliver Ackerman, he uh, enlisted a new uh, rhythm section. He got a new drummer and a new bass player, I believe. Or maybe I'm making that up. But so that's how you would say that. A new rhythm section? No, you said... I he enlisted a new thing instead of he fired his old rhythm section. Yeah, probably. He fired the drummer and the bass player. Is that what you're saying? 
What are you saying right now? Uh, okay, well, maybe it was just the drummer. I think they fired the drummer and they have a new drummer, and she's a chick drummer. Why'd you... You raised your voice like that surprising... And, Actually, no. I, no, so I was right. Okay, I was right. Okay. New bass player, new drummer. So he, Oliver Ackerman, he's the vocalist, the guitarist. He's been, you know, since they started in 2003, but... Oliver. The other the other two members of the band, Sandra Fedowitz and John Fedowitz. <gasps> Are they I guess, related? I guess they're married. Do you think that they know each other? I think they probably know each other. Um, they both joined this year. Yeah. So. So Oliver. So he cleaned house. He cleaned house and got the Fedowitz's set away. <laughs> the yeah. Hadowitz's in for the. Anyway, God, this. <laughs> They are a place of very strangers is extremely noisy. They uh, they are most often compared to Jesus and Mary Chain, but you can also throw like uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine in there. Um, the song that I'm going to play, I'll play a song on the After Dark that is more on the noisy side, but I wanted to play the song that closes the EP. Oh, the, sh the okay. Yeah, so it's it's um, bat and cleanup. Yeah, so it's only a five song EP. Sports, and um, the song that I'm going to play is called "I Need You," and so it's a kind of a slow burn, but it does have the Jesus and Mary Chain wall of sound at the end, and I thought um, I thought you might like it. I thought maybe uh, the more Pummel You in the Face song we could play on the After Dark, but this one is kind of um, a nice middle ground, a nice introduction to A Place to Bury Strangers. Okay. So are you ready? Okay. Let's play it. What do you think?
Very slow divey. <clears throat> yeah, right? <clears throat> How do you feel about that? It's a jam. Yeah, I really, I really like it. Uh, the whole EP is good. It's just, um, I mean, you have to like Jesus and Mary Chain and Slow Dive and My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, it's everything all at once. You, you like, you need to like having all of those things punch you in the face. And if you do, it's great. Mm-hmm. Very nice, Barry Strangers. Very nice. Okay. I'm going to get back to Hall of Fame stuff. Okay. Because I have lots to get to before we're done. Um, I teased the Morton Anderson thing. <laughs> now, for people who don't know who Morton Anderson is, should you clear that up? Yeah. So, Morton Anderson, also known as the Great Dane, is a kicker. He's one of the few kickers to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And um, he went in, let's see. Is he the one with the foot that's chopped off? No, that's Tom Dempsey. Okay. Let's see. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. He kicked a long field goal one time. Saints, I think. Is that Saints? Yeah, so uh, 2017 is when he went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's that was the year that we went before, 2017. Okay. And so, but he was back this year, and we um, spent a decent number of uh, moments talking to him, different times in the uh, hotel bar or whatever, because he was there with his wife and with like some of their friends. They live outside of Atlanta. And so like their best friends from their neighborhood came with them. That's nice. And so we spent a good amount of time talking to them and, um, Morton, you know, he's Danish and he, I, I was very intrigued because he had a podcast producer with him and he has some, uh, Danish gaming website that is bankrolling his podcast like okay he does i guess it kind of started as a gambling podcast now it's more of like an interview based podcast um but he was you know getting interviews with all of his contemporaries while he was there in canton um for his podcast this season and so i didn't get a chance to uh drop ht wow into I was conversation about to say, i mean you're a fellow podcaster i know I know. I, I wanted to try and uh, get an idea of what his operation was and how it started and, you know, what kind of stuff they do to promote. Uh, but then I never got the chance to say, by the way, I have a podcast. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> you're listening. You're, you're, it's two podcast, uh, you know, CEOs talking to each other right now. It's crazy. Anyway. Um, but again, my wife is always the one who can melt anyone's defenses because she's beautiful and she's congenial and awesome, but also because of her dad. And so um, Morton told this story because Morton and Marissa's dad, 
cross paths in New Orleans for two years. Okay. So um, Morton started his career with the Saints in 82. He was with the Saints from 82 to 94. Oh, dang. Then uh, the Falcons, Giants, Chiefs, Vikings, then back to the Falcons to end his career. Okay. That's why he's in Atlanta. Yes. Um, and uh, Kenny was in New Orleans, 82, 83, and 84. He didn't really play much in 84. He started eight games in 82. He started um, all 14 in 83. I think that was before the 16-game season. Um, but... Morton told a story about his rookie year in 1982 that, um, and I don't remember all the details. Uh, I don't know at what point in the season it was. I assume it was early in the season, but he said that, uh, you know, I mean, he came from Denmark. Um, he was a soccer player. He first, uh, he first kicked, um, an American football uh, at uh, high school in Indianapolis. Okay. And then he got a scholarship. I guess he played one year of football in high school, and then he got a, a scholarship to Michigan State. Dang. And then, um, you know, he set a bunch of records um, for the Pac-10 while he was there and then ended up um, getting, uh, I don't know if he was drafted, but he ended up with the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, Did he have an accent? I don't remember him having a... A little bit of an accent, okay. but not really. So he he told the story to Marissa about um, his memory of her dad that one of his, his uh, first big kicks of his rookie season with the Saints that they were, they were down late. You know, they were down by two and... Uh, there was a punt and the saints are on offense and, uh, you know, he's sitting there on the sidelines. Like it, it, this is going to come down to me. This is going to come down to me. He's like, I, you know, Kenny's going to drive us into field goal range. You know, there was like a minute 20 left and he was like, I, I you know, I'm going to have to step up and make this game winning field goal. And he was all up in his own head cause he's a rookie. And so sure enough, uh, Kenny drives them down into field goal range. You know, it's a makeable kick. It's not a, it's not like a 60 yarder, but it's not a chip shot. It's like, you know, 43 yard or whatever. Uh, but it's right at the end of regulation, you know, kick it and the saints win, miss it. And, uh, the saints lose. Right. And so, uh, you know, they call timeout right before uh you know the kicking team comes onto the field and uh morton says that uh as he was getting ready to come onto the field kenny was coming off the field and pulled him aside and said uh hey kid let's go home and patted him on the ass <laughs> <laughs> and so morton was like okay and ran out there and nailed it uh, that's so great What a sports movie. <laughs> right? Hey, kid, let's go home. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, because at that time Kenny Stabler was what seventy seven. <laughs> no, he was he was uh, he was late thirties, I think. Oh, okay. He looked like he was seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you know, Marissa talks about you know her her dad just would love to pat guys on the ass. Uh-huh. Just like that was his go to move. Like even like later in life, like if he was like uh, walking into a restaurant. And there was somebody in his way. He'd pat the guy on the ass and go, "Go ahead, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Chief. Let's go." Right. Uh-huh. So you know that was his go-to move. But at that point, that was exactly what Morton needed to nail that game-winning <laughs> his, his field goal. Pep talk was a good pat on the butt. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was uh, that was cool, and it was just it, it was a really neat moment for Marissa to, to hear a, a war story about her dad, because, you know, she was born well after he retired. And so anytime she gets to hear from one of his contemporaries and gets to hear stories about, you know, stuff in the huddle, stuff in the locker room, it's always a treat. When's the last time you've had a good, uh, butt slap, Dave? Um, man, I don't know. I can't even tell you the last time. This is time. not a sexual thing. I mean, yeah, no, like, I, I, I don't, mean, you know I don't think I mean. I've, I don't think I've maybe maybe that's what Mine I'm missing. Mine was very recent. Maybe that's what I'm missing in my life is a good pat on the ass, a good encouraging like, smack. Like you got this, right? Yeah, okay. because because like I said, I, I, I'm at a crossroads in my life because <laughs> when you go to a place like the Hall of Fame, and maybe it's different if you're just like uh, you know like super fan and you're just. You're there to see your guys go in. There were so many Steeler fans there because uh, there were so many Steelers that were going in this year. Uh, Troy Polamalu was, you know, first and foremost, and Bill Cower as well. Um, so, so many Steeler fans, and I'm sure they were having the time of their life. However, like when you're in the situation that I'm in, where you're you're married to a legacy individual. It's like royalty. And you have access that the normal person doesn't have, but you're a total spare. Mm-hmm. It really starts to eat away at your ego. Okay. Like it really makes you feel like a total and complete failure. I think you're doing great, Dave. Because I didn't even have a chance to bring up HT Wow to Morton Anderson. <laughs> 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 no, it, but I did. I mean, I really tried to stay in my lane. I really tried to not annoy Marissa. I really tried to not annoy anyone other than Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. And um, he's and okay I, to And I mostly succeeded. For the commercials. And, and, and I'll talk about the highlights of the weekend after your jam. I did have... Um, I did have one more thing to talk about here, and then I also have a presentation to make, if you don't mind. <gasps> did you get me something? Hold on. Dang it. Before we get to that, you did ask me to compare and contrast the Halls of Fames. Yeah, you're you're a Hall of Famer, but just because you go to them a lot. Yeah, you, I, you I, love Halls of Fames. Yes, well, I... The, the two best ones are the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Did you ever think in your life when you were, say, 10-year-old Dave, mm-hmm. that you would ever, ever get to do something like... No, never. Like be at the Hall of Fame with, like, Morton Anderson. 
Maybe not him. Maybe, but well, I mean, like, you know. uh, yeah. So those are the two best halls of fames: the baseball and the football hall of fame. I, I mean, is I there a basketball hall of fame? Yeah, there is a basketball hall of fame. I have no idea where it is. There is a hockey hall of fame, I believe in Toronto. Never they been, do never not make a big deal out of the basketball hall of fame. Is that weird? It, well, it's a little weird because the basketball hall of fame, I think, is college and amateur and NBA and women's basketball. It's like all thrown together. Amateur. Amateur. So I can't speak from a position of authority on other halls of fames because I haven't been, but I have been to the baseball and I have been to the pro football. You have. And just top line, there's there's the the Pro Football Hall of Fame definitely wins in one category and the Baseball Hall of Fame definitely wins in the other category. So where the Pro Football Hall of Fame wins is the Hall of Busts. Which is not what you would think it would be. No. You know what they they do the the head the, the, yeah, the 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 little bust statue. Mm-hmm. And then they have a room where they are all on these glass shelves and they have amazing lighting in there and they have them arranged by the year that they were inducted. So you can just go from the very first class all the way to the most recent class and you can see everyone that went in in this particular year. Who's the first one? I have no idea. I didn't look at the first one. Okay. So what they do in the Baseball Hall of Fame is they have plaques. So there's mm. a room and it's just a plaque. And so you have to go and you have to read their name and the little blurb about them. Is there a picture on the plaque? I mean, I guess there's a picture, but it it doesn't have the impact of the busts. I mean, <laughs> because the busts, some of them look ridiculous. Like Deion Sanders looks nothing like him. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones looks nothing like him, but there are some that are just amazing likenesses. And um, did they get Jimmy Johnson's hair right? Yes, that was one of. I, I did tweet a picture of it was Troy Polamalu and uh, Jimmy Johnson, and I can't remember. Maybe it was uh, Jim Covert of the Bears. Um, with his long hair, but it, they were all, they all three were together. And I was like, these are three of the best quaffs in the entire hall of fame. Yeah. When the guy got this for the, uh, the statue guy, the bust guy, right. Um, he was like, really? He just worked on hair for, yeah. The Jimmy Johnson. I mean, it looks exactly like he did on the sidelines. Just perfect. He's no flyaways, good, just a, a helmet. He's got a good bust face. You can yes. do that face. Yeah. It's hard to do a Dion face. What are you going to do? Right? Like, Jimmy Johnson has a bust face. Yeah, he's he's got those chiseled features. He's statuesque. So, the, the Hall of Busts is way better than the Hall of Plaques. <laughs> but the thing... Because one's like for gingivitis and the other one is boobs. Uh-huh. The, the thing that the Baseball Hall of Fame does better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame is they have way more stuff. Well, 
I guess baseball was longer. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, it's all... Uh, both of them more or less are chronological, you know, going through the history of the game and whatever. Um, but this was the first year that I had the chance to go through the exhibit. Uh, because the last time that we went in 2017, I never had a chance to go through anything other than the busts. Did you do the thing where you grab the football and go through the... Did they have a thing that you have to like break through tackles? No, it wasn't like the NFL experience at the Super Bowl. You didn't have an it, NFL experience like, at the yeah, where you Hall of Fame. Take a handoff and you go through the tackle dummies and then you kick a field goal. That's what I'm saying. No, didn't we didn't do any of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's not enough stuff like historical things like that guy's behind foot. behind glass. Yeah, you can't see Tom Dempsey's foot. They should have his foot. There's just there's not enough stuff. And the thing that is so great at the Baseball Hall of Fame, especially like as a Ranger fan, when I went to the the Baseball Hall of Fame. What did the Rangers do to get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, you know, they have like a Nolan Ryan thing for oh, his okay. seven no hitters. No, I get that. You know, and I think they... They had like a section for Latino players, and so like maybe there was like a Beltre jersey or something in there. Um, but <laughs> what they do, what they do, yeah, in the Baseball Hall of Fame that I think they should do in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is they have like a locker room, and so every team, every major league team has a locker, and so just one, yeah. It's just, it's a locker representing that team. And so it will have somebody's cleats and somebody's jersey and somebody's glove and like, you know, some scorecard from some famous game or whatever. But it would have like a dozen things in this locker that even if you are, you know, a Rangers fan and there's nothing in the hall for you, you at least can take a picture of that and you can see like okay. here's here's my team. They don't have that in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There's well, how not are you gonna like, do that for pro, like if it was the Cowboys, it'd obviously be a Staubach jersey, right? But I'm saying that they they don't have unless you have unless there are dudes from your favorite team in the hall, you're not going to see stuff from your team. Yeah, but. You like the Cowboys. They're all over the thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I would say, is, is the Hall of Fame pretty Cowboy heavy? Uh, I'm, Cowboy Packers? Yeah, I mean, Packers, yes. Um, man, it, it's it's really weird. Like I said, there there's a lot of like uh, infographics, like timelines and stuff. And like little video screens that you can watch. But as far as like glass cases full of cool old crap that you can be like, oh, that was worn during the ice bowl or whatever. Bob there, Lilly's helmet. Yeah, there's not there's not enough of that oh, for okay. me. I for understand. me. I understand. I want to see. Uh, and there's no telling like they, there's they like the the warehouse where they store the Ark of the Covenant at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm sure. Right that the Pro Football Hall of Fame has a warehouse like that full of crap that they have nowhere to, to display, and it's just in crates in a warehouse somewhere. Like you wanted to see like Michael Irvin's White House mirror? 
<laughs> right, with the little razor marks on it. Oh, I meant like what he... Oh, I see where you went with uh-huh. that. But that is what I meant. That is what you meant. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Baseball Hall of Fame, better for the history of the game and being able to see something from your team, no matter who your team is, and seeing lots of historical stuff. Yes. Awesome Baseball Hall of Fame. Pro Football Hall of Fame, the exhibits, not so great, but the 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 Hall of Busts is at the very end, and that is the most impressive thing that I've ever seen. That's it, awesome. in, in a museum or Hall of Fame type setting, it's just, it's super cool, and it just, it, it it's almost like a church. Like, you walk in there, and it's like you were looking at crypts of saints or something. Like, well... I can't wait to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so we can discuss. Yes, that's next on my list. Yeah. So after I did um, my jaunt through the Hall of Fame, and Marissa had no interest, so I took a, a, a car over to the a Hall of Fame by myself. And was did, that you and Peyton? No, this was just me by myself. I did. Okay. I did the tour, and then uh, and so this was on Saturday before the class of 2020 was inducted. And so I went through and did all the exhibits, at least the ones that didn't require me to wait in line. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the pro shop because I had to buy gifts. Okay. And so I bought the shirt that I'm wearing. It looks lovely. Um, I bought uh, a hoodie for my beloved daughter because she's in middle school and all they wear are hoodies. Yeah. Did she, did she care about it? Was she no, she like, she wore it to the first day of school. Oh, that's awesome. She loved it. I love it. Um, I bought little uh, thank you gifts for um, Taylor and Katie and Craig. Because they watch your cats. Yeah, are, are they uh, split duty watching our cats? Duty. And so I have all of this stuff in my hands, and I'm waiting in line to check out. And then as I am waiting in line, I'm like, oh, man, I should get something for Toby, something that I can give to him on the pod. Yeah. What what in the world can I possibly get in this giant pro shop of everything pro football? Does Emmett Smith, like, work the register at the... (laughs) No, they they don't have to do shifts at the register. I thought they all had to work, like, at the place. No, no. Um, and so I'm looking around and I'm looking around and finally, right as I'm getting up to the register and I'm in a full panic about what could I possibly get Toby, Mm -hmm. the man Mm -hmm. who has everything. Yes. And I saw it. What is it? And I said to myself, (laughs) that's it. That's it. it. That is it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now it's not a scarf. Okay. It's not a scarf. Oh my god, there's a plastic bag. But here's what it is. What is it? Take it out and describe it. Holy crap, you got me a Jets Hall of Fame inductees. I mean, you gotta look at the main ones. Holy mama. I yeah. love this, how old they made this look. I know. It's one of the, it, it looks like something that would be in the rafters of like Madison Square Garden or the Boston Garden mm-hmm. with like all the retired I know. numbers. Yeah, it's got, it's like, it's, yeah, it's a rafter flag. Yeah, so it's probably what, like, like two feet wide, like three and a half feet tall. 
and it's got the Jets logo and it's got all of the numbers and names of all of their mm. Hall of Famers in their Hall of Fame class. I like class. that they put the big name. Uh, they went straight across the middle with the Namath, Maynard, Reagans, Martin. Look at that. Now, you wow. might have to explain why you're a Jets fan. I, You know, I. do you think Martin went in pretty early? Curtis Martin, yeah. I, I think he was first ballot. Was he? I don't know. I love Curtis Martin. I think he is the coolest ever, but they didn't like win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how did he get in so quickly? And Drew Pearson took forever. Look at that. We're taking a picture of this. This is so good. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the background of the beers. Well, so, okay, so this post. is you're about to check out and you saw this. Yeah, so behind the register. God, that is badass. Where are we going to put it? I don't know. But behind the register, they had one for every team. And I saw the Jets one, and I was like, Look that's at it. That. That's it. Uh, man, someday, Testa Verde, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Curtis Martin, five time Pro Bowl selection, two time first, uh, first team All Pro, uh, ran for just over 14,000 yards, sixth highest in the NFL. Uh, elected in 2012. I don't know if that was his first year of eligibility, but I think it was. Yeah, but still, Drew should have gotten in earlier. But that's... I love this. Wow, thank you, Dave. I love it! I love it! And uh, if you... There's a little bonus for you in the bottom of the bag. Okay. A, a, a non-Hall of Fame gift from Marissa. Just for you. Okay. Is this something we can say on the podcast? Sure. Oh. Some more. So, you, you know I've been wearing this. some extra leopard print COVID masks. I was in HEB with these today, and people were like, "I get it. I love my leopard masks." Yeah, <laughs> we were me so well. Toby didn't have a mask for the Uber the other night, and uh, Marissa had an extra leopard mask in her purse, mm -hmm. and so Toby has been rocking the leopard mask. I love it. They're comfy. She she got you some extra ones just in case you wear that one out. You get some lipstick on it. No, I will definitely... I, I love my leopard mask. It's badass. Dude, that's so great. Look at that, and it's even old school, like, felty. I know. It's so good. It's felty? It's so good. You know, it's like, it's felty like a good, uh, you know, the triangle banner. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's classy. It's classy. I have no idea how much it costs. Don't look at the receipt. <sighs> I love it. I heart it. Okay, Thank so you, Dave. Uh, let's Jeez. play. Let's play your last jam, and then I have um, the highlights of the weekend, uh, the positive cowboy vibes that I basked in as a, a cowboy fan since childhood. I was in a dream state at a couple moments of the weekend. We'll talk about that next. But what have okay, you got? Good. I have a an artist. I think he's a solo guy. But he calls himself, for stage reasons, this isn't his name, but he calls himself Holla, but not like Holler, like H-A-L-A, -A. but it's not Hala, it's Holla. H-A-L-A. Okay. Yes. And he's from Detroit. I would say it's like uh, Tame Impala meets ELO. Okay. What do you think about that? It sounds great. I think you're really going to like this, but it's brand new. He's been around for a while. Let me see. Well, you'd probably be able to look it up better than me. I don't want to get off my page over here. But um, 
I think you're gonna like this. This song has been in my head for a day or two now. And I, I was like, you know, I didn't know what to play. I have a ton for After Dark because I was having a hard time choosing. But if a song sticks in your head, you gotta, you keep the important ones for the proper pod. So, holla. Are you looking him up? Yes. What'd you find out? His Well, his name is Ian Ruhala. Yep. So that's why, that's how he gets the holla. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot there's of things. There's not are, a lot about him. Yeah, but there's a lot of it's it's uh there's collaborations and like works with pretty big producers. Does cool things, but I think I picked it because I was like Dave's gonna like this. And he's about to blow up since he's on the pod. Yeah, we're about to <laughs> send him into the stratosphere. Uh, are you ready? Yes. Let's go ahead and play it, and then we'll talk about it after. What's since, the name since of I it? Since I know nothing about it. What's the name of the song? The name of the song is Feels Like Yesterday, and it's brand new. It's only 2 minutes 56 seconds. All right. Everybody get ready. Buckle in. Buckle in. You played the longest song, but A Place to Bury Strangers will, uh, they'll play an ending out for you, because it's noise and it's awesome. Right. But all the rest have been really short. All right, so yeah, feels like yesterday, holla. <laughs> Maybe someday he'll be a Hall of Famer. We can only hope. Probably not, but here we go. Here's the song.
How do you feel about that, Jam? That was good. I wanted it to go longer. I, I wanted him to do something else. I think that there's going to be a there's a couple of remixes of that, but it's cool, right? Yeah. I've never heard of this guy, but now I'm kind of uh, wanting to see what Hollis got. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, um, it kind of reminded me. Uh, you remember the Go Team? No. Uh, they just came out with a new album, um, but they were they're UK, but it was very much like samples and synths and orchestras and chants and stuff. Uh huh. I mean, different, but similar vibe in kind of like the 60s Nirvana, you know, just super positive, fun with like the, the out front beats and stuff, you know? Uh-huh. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's it's another one of those kind of roller skating. Yeah. Kind of I totally can roller I'm, skate to that bitch. I know. I love that. I love that. But love yeah, that. I thought Dave's going to like this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this one, but I also, I mean, I wish it went longer, but I also like that they're like, nope, this is it. No, just fade Once, it out. This is we're shutting it down. You can wait for I, more. I always appreciate that when a band goes, no, this is what we're giving you right now. When we play live, we might might extend it. Might, but might throw in a bass for the solo. recording. This is what you get. But speaking of bass solo. That bass line in that song, that dude is ripping all the way through it. It's awesome. So, yeah, so he does it all by himself, huh? He's one of those guys? I don't know. I don't know. From I mean, what I could from, be. From what I can tell, it's... It's just him. It's pretty much just him. I mean, he's only 22. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, according to his band camp, he may have set up his band camp when he was 22, and maybe now he's like 28. <laughs> Uh, okay. I thought he was much older than that. That's cool. Holla. Holla. They had to spell it, like, on the uh, Spotify page, they do the parentheses of how you say it. <laughs> H-A-W-L-U-H. Holla. Is that how you would say it? Holla. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he still has, um more to accomplish because the last line in this little bio says living in Detroit's Midtown New Center area when Nian's not performing on the road he plays bass at Redeemer Presbyterian Church oh so he is he is bass guy yeah so I guess, that's why I the guess bass that's, thing was that's maybe his uh, his instrument of choice but mm-hmm. I think he learned how to play guitar first says he learned to play from his from his dad okay like he he uh, he was a bit of a prodigy. Started recording stuff when he was eight. Yeah, you got to keep your church gig. That's the only one that pays, right? Yeah, got to keep that one. Yeah, till till uh, you start cashing checks from the label. Man, I love that he put that in his bio. <laughs> I don't know if he put that in there, but somebody did. Place base at the Presbyterian Church. That's awesome. We're breaking new artists on mm-hmm. HTWOW. Holla, holla. Okay. I did want to talk um, just a smidge more about Hall of Fame. I, I'm, I, I promise I'm not trying to be self-indulgent and like, hey, look at me, put this on my bragging montage. I just think it's fun stories. Dave, we don't have the backstage pass that you have to some... I did nothing to, to, a, I did to, nothing to earn of, this. I know. I'm, I'm coattailing. But you were nice enough to somebody... 
that has the backstage pass. Yes. And so we want to hear about it because none of us will ever, ever get to do this. So, so it's amazing. So um, Marissa, when she was first out of school, she interned for the Cowboys. And so that's how she met Drew Pearson. And then she subsequently introduced Drew to her father before her father passed and Drew and her dad became close. Mm -hmm. And so she has a longstanding relationship with Drew. And so... Um, Got to be a lot of respect there between uh, Ken Stabler and Drew Pearson. For sure. Yeah. That's I mean, a, they, didn't, that's a thing. they didn't meet very often, you know, because... Yeah, uh, you know the AFC and the the Raiders kept on running into the Steelers, mm -hmm. and then you know the Cowboys were running into the Vikings and whatnot. Um, so they didn't necessarily play all the time, but they definitely had a lot of mutual respect and had a friendship in their later years. And so that's the main reason that we went is Marissa wanted to support Drew because, like we were talking about earlier, well overdue. Should have well, been there a long time ago. Long time ago. And so the coolest, two of the coolest things that happened while we were there. The first was Friday night, the gold jacket dinner. So as I said, they, they have this reception. Then they call all of the uh, legacy gold jackets, the guys who are already in the Hall of Fame, and they introduce them one by one. Because mm -hmm. they get to haze the new ones, right? Right. And so this is at the Civic Center. So they sell tickets to this, and there's a crowd outside, you know, in the stands waiting and cheering for everybody as they get introduced. And so they're trying to usher everyone into the seats. But, you know, and, and Marissa and I have, like, paper tickets to tell us where we need to sit. And we're like, and we remember what it was like the last time. Like, no, I don't, we don't want to go sit in the stands because there's booze right here in in this reception area okay so why unless they chase us out of here let's just stay in in this kind of green room area right and so we're staying there and they introduce all of the uh you know legacy hall of famers and then they're introducing all of the new hall of famers to get their jackets and I don't know if they're doing it in alphabetical order or what, but Drew is like one of the last ones. And so the the room is pretty well cleared out. And so Marissa and I go sit at this table with Drew and Drew's older sister. Okay. And Drew's sister was amazing. She's like, you know, kind of the glue of their family. I mean, whole backstory that I wasn't even aware of just how many siblings he's lost over the years, like just a lot of hardship that the family's been through, but she, you know, his older sister has been like the, the glue of that family. And she was there to present him. Like she helped him uncover his bust uh -huh. at the, at the induction ceremony and everything. And so we're talking to them and uh, you know, it was just really, really cool to share that, 15 minutes of him like as he knows that he's about to go get his jacket just he's he's waiting for his name to be called and couldn't have been nicer i mean obviously he knows marissa but we're just we're shooting the shit and uh we're talking about um uh, i was asking him about his bust if he had seen his bust yet 
and he he said he hadn't seen it yet, but he he went with the afro. Uh-huh. Like they, they yeah, give yeah, they yeah. give them a picture to go by. Sure. And he said that they have a weight limit, so they couldn't get as big with the afro sure. as he wanted. That makes sense. Because it would tip over, <laughs> <laughs> or there wouldn't be room for the bust above his. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's got the sweet afro on his bust, and so we were talking about that, and uh, we were talking about just how he broke in with the Cowboys and how, you know, that he would just he would show up to practice early and stay late just to catch balls from Roger. Yeah. Like when, when he was a rookie, yeah. he was just he was you know the, Roger's gonna do it. Yeah, he he was just the guy that was always there. Anytime Roger wanted to warm up, anytime Roger needed to get some work done, Drew was there to make sure that I'm building a rapport with the quarterback. He's the dude. And so that's how they established their relationship. He's like, we never hung out outside of, you know, the locker room. It's not like we went out to dinner. We didn't hang in the same circles, but we built that relationship on the practice field where they had like kind of that second nature that connection uh-huh. and but one thing that i didn't know is he was talking about how you know the journey that he took to end up getting there that you know he grew up in new jersey and then ended up going to college in tulsa and then being uh scouted by gil brandt but that when he was uh, a receiver at his high school in new jersey like his sophomore year, the first game that he ever played in, first snap that he ever took, he caught a long touchdown pass from uh, from Joe Theismann. Oh, I, you know what? I've Joe, heard this Joe Theismann before. was his high school quarterback. And so he was like, you know, I, I'm out there and, you know, I've run my route. And then I look in the backfield and Joe's running around. So I just ran to the end zone and he was like, he threw it up there and boom, first uh-huh. play of his career. He cuts a <laughs> touchdown pass from Joe Theismann, future, future uh, Hall of Famer himself. Um, I had no idea that they played at the same high yeah, school. Yeah, I, I think that I've heard that before because it's super weird that they were at the same place and the uh, Redskins and the Cowboys have such yeah, a thing. Yeah, Because you would have thought that they would have said that on every single broadcast. Yeah, how is th- how is that not household knowledge? Yeah, like they should have said that. At, like we all should have known that when we we're eight years old watching TV, and they never brought it up. Never ever. Yeah, so that was weird. Um, but it was great spending time with him. And then when it was time for him to go into the Hall of Fame, he gets inducted, and so they always have parties. All mm-hmm. the all the inductees have parties somewhere in Canton. You know, like I, we heard that. Uh, um, so this is Canton's Mardi Gras. This yeah, is where they yeah. make all their oh, money. Yeah, this is this. They make their nut, and everybody in Canton is so nice, and they're so happy to have all this money yeah, and yeah. attention on their little town. And so, like, there's a there was a winery outside of town, and that's where Peyton had his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Back when uh, Marissa's dad went in, he went in the same year as like uh, Jerry Jones and Eddie DeBartolo, and they built like huge tents at like the country club, uh-huh. right? Sure. So, little less ostentatious for Drew, but he had a party at 
the arts center, which was next to the civic center. Okay. And so uh, we get on the list for that because, you, you know, you got to know people to get anywhere. And so that was like the one party that we were invited to was Drew's party. And so great. We get there and Drew is on the mic making his speeches and introducing uh, you know, all of his siblings and all of his nieces and nephews. He oh, that's great. He has a, he has a one nephew that uh, is a DB at the University of Colorado this year. He awesome. has another DB that plays small school receiver in Oklahoma. So family affair, everybody's partying, having a good time. They have a DJ. And so then we go outside, we grab a drink, we go outside and they have a, uh, uh, like a cigar shop trailer, you know, like one of those mm-hmm. pop-up cigar shops. Sure. And this part's not free, but we go over there and we're like, uh, you know, we're, we'll split one. And so we grab a cigar and we turn around and there's a little, uh, you know, sitting area with some couches and chairs and who is over there holding court, smoking a cigar Ed Too Tall Jones. Yes. And so we end up sidling up next to Ed Too Tall Jones. That's awesome. And ended up talking to that dude for two hours. Dang. We shut it down. They were leaving to go to Peyton's party. They didn't invite us. And so then we, <laughs> we had to find our way back to the hotel. There was like one cab company that was still doing pickups at like 2 a.m. Um but it was so awesome. He looks amazing. Uh-huh. He's 70. Yeah. But, and I don't know if he dyes his beard, but his beard was immense uh-huh. and jet black. You know, a smooth shaven head, trim fit. He told us that he does like uh, yoga and Pilates every day. And he was talking about how the, the best thing that happened to him was that he you know they hadn't outlawed the chop block back then but he was like i don't know how but i got out with my knees mm-hmm. he was like i i never had a major knee problem and that's what makes me be able to do everything i do today because mm-hmm. harvey passed away right yeah harvey, yeah, harvey passed did. away yeah yeah and yeah and uh, you know i'm talking to him about when are you gonna get in here and then yeah and the dude ha- i mean marissa at some point was like you you are the most interesting man in the world <laughs> Because we talked about his boxing career because, because after his rookie contract with the Cowboys expired, he had told Tex Schramm and Gil Brandt like a year before that, Hey, when my contract runs out, uh, I'm going to try boxing. And they thought that it was just a negotiating ploy. Mm -hmm. And so towards the end of that season, whatever it was, 78, um, they're like, Hey, we haven't heard from your attorney and he's like i thought i told you i'm i'm gonna go box and they were like no what wait are you serious (laughs) and so he went and left and was a professional boxer for a year he said never lost a fight Uh six and oh well and he's gigantic yeah he's gigantic then the 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 cowboys made it worth his while to come back and he played all the way up until uh 88 89 god the 70s are so weird i know yeah, I mean, because those guys didn't make money back then. They had to come up with yeah, something. Yeah, you could do other stuff. Yeah, and that that was the other thing. The most insane thing 
in this conversation talking uh, with Tutal that when in the late 70s and early 80s to supplement his income, he started a promotion company. Like he was an event promoter. Okay. And so he would put on shows in Dallas, in Kansas City, Oklahoma City, like basically just kind of the Midwest, the the central corridor of Well, uh, what kind of shows? Like what what's a show? Well, that's the thing. I was like, so what kind of shows? You know, I was trying to get to, you know, anything I've heard of and he was like, Well, you remember when the Jacksons did their uh reunion tour? I was like, the victory tour? Like nineteen eighty four when they played reunion? He was mm-hmm. like, Yeah, that was my show. He was like, I didn't put my name on anything because I didn't want anyone to know it was me. Uh, But he was like, yeah, I did like (laughs) I did like five of those shows of the Jackson tour. And he he said that uh, that when the Jackson stayed in Dallas, that um, I can't remember which hotel they they stayed at and which was the decoy hotel. But they told everybody that they were staying at one hotel. Yeah. And they were actually staying at the other hotel. And he said that the the request that Michael had was that he wanted a uh, a van with no windows, and that Michael put on a disguise, and Michael and his mother got in the van and drove around Dallas handing out Jehovah's Witness material. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to make a different turn. There. No, 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 no. Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't. No, yeah, he he was very opinionated. Like I don't believe all that stuff about Michael. I didn't want to get into any of that. I, mean, uh, yeah. I am not going to cross you, Mister Too Tall. No. And it, yeah, and it was so it was so great. It was just as much as the interaction with Peyton Manning made me feel like a millimeter tall. Uh huh. The the interaction and granted. It was all facilitated by my wife. And, no, I understand and, that. You know, his, but, but his, you're broing down now. Yeah, the- but yeah. But I mean, we were, you know, I, I borrowed his lighter every time our cigar would die. I would, excuse me, can I borrow your lighter? You know, his little butane torch. I mean, just broing down, hanging out with the dude. So interesting. So fascinating. Coolest guy ever. And so that was like tiny... Dave watching like the Cowboys lose to the uh the 49ers in the uh-huh. championship game Damn it. and crying myself to mm-hmm. sleep. Yep, I did too. If you would have told that kid that one day you're going to get to bro down with Ed Tutal Jones and Drew Pearson. And Drew man. Pearson. The Drew Pearson thing. Yeah. Would have uh I don't you know, that's something I don't know I would have been able to handle that. I know it was it was insane, and you know, we go through this whole thing about his distrust of the media, mm-hmm. and then he was asking like, "Well, how did how did you guys meet?" And I was like, "Well, I kind of work for the ticket," <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I know those guys." At the I ticket. know those. Man, that's so awesome! You get to do that, dude. That's so cool. And thanks for inviting me. That's cool that well, I got maybe, to go maybe to. Next time. And it's nice of y'all that I got to experience that with y'all. Well, when and Vinny Testaverde cool. goes in, we will bring you. Don't mess with me, dude. <laughs> you know Vinny ain't going in. Are we going to have dinner tonight? What are we doing? I don't know what we're doing, but let's play some Depeche Mode. Get out of here. Are we going to give away a Depeche Mode record? 
Well, yeah, you got to go to positivespin.com and enter your email. Speak and spell. Oh, by the way, um, next pod is our 50th. We had talked about doing a live show, but that's not going to happen because of Delta and stuff. Yeah, so live HTWOW sometime, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, but episode 50 is coming next month, and we will figure out something there will fun be to something. do. We'll have a guest. We'll do something. It'll we'll, be we'll, exciting. We'll make it cool because, you know, 50 is a benchmark. It is a benchmark. How many how many pods get to 50 episodes? None. Don't answer that. All of them. None of them have ever made it to 50. We're the first pod. It's true. Are you ready to play some Depeche mode? Let's do it. It means fast fashion. That's true. Even though they were so not fashionable <laughs> at this period. Ging, 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 ging. So again, I apologize for talking about myself too much. No, we love it, Dave. We love it. We get to live our lives through. We get to live your world in your eyes. Get it? Because it's a passion. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See what I did? Yeah, I did. But uh, if you can. Marry the offspring of a Hall of Famer and go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 49, the one before 50, the August 2021 episode that we were recording late in August and Toby's going to have to work tirelessly overtime. My week opened up. We're good. That's true. Got cleared. Yeah, we're gonna be all right. So now you can devote all your energy to HTWOW as it should be. Please tell a friend about this pause or don't. Sign up for the After Dark. Go to Patreon.com and plug in HDU Hour. Go to OldLabor.com and click on Premium and become one of the chosen few that gets the monthly After Dark podcast and some merch and stuff. And you get to be in our inner circle. When we go into the Hall of Fame of podcasting, you'll get an invite. What city is the Hall of playoffs where they got all the way to the AFC championship and 
did. Was that Vinny? Yeah, it was Vinny. How do you feel about your Mormon quarterback now? And I've always loved the Jets because um, in Huntsville, someone lived down the street that was a that for some reason they lived in Huntsville and they were on the Jets. Is that weird? Did they go to school in Huntsville and they moved back? I don't know. They were just in Forest Hills and he played like line for the Jets. That's a good reason. So I was kind of into him. I mean, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets. Are you going to say goodnight to everyone? I thought we already did. Oh, goodnight. But I, but, but I'm, but I, but, but I'm, but I, but, but I'm, but I, but, but I'm.